Friday morning on rural Queensland today across the Resonate Broadcast Network. Uh, Susan McDonald, the Senator for Northern Australia, joins us this morning. She's had the hard hat on. She's been in the mineral capital. She's been at home at Cloncurry at Mount Isa. And she joins us this morning. Good morning, Senator. How are you? Well, it is terrific to be uh, back in Cloncurry for the Northwest Council of Mayors and uh, catching up with all the terrific mayors right across from uh, Mount Isa to Huendon and north to Burktown and Normanton and Crumba. So uh, it is terrific to be here. Very uh, steamy yesterday. I thought we might have got a storm, but it all blew away to nothing by last night. But yeah, great to be back back at home. Um, mate, I've got to talk to you. The, the big thing that's coming out of, obviously, with all the mayors, what, what's the big ta- the big thing? We spoke with uh, the Cloncurry Shire Mayor earlier this week, and he was very, very, very clear that the royalties that they're receiving are not enough and there needs to be some, I, I suppose, uh, an investigation. No, that's probably the wrong word, but looking at it to try and get a better understanding on why they are not getting their royalties and putting money back into the communities, which draws out so much for the state. It's absolutely right, Ben, and whether it be coal along the, the coal regions, whether it be copper uh, and um, and other rare earths and critical minerals in the in the northwest, right across the state, uh, it is very difficult to drag money out of the southeast corner and reinvest it back into the place that makes the money, not just for the state but for the country as a whole. Uh, these are the places where people come to work. Uh, to have a great lifestyle, but also to to do the serious job um, of growing food and fibre, and now uh, particularly with this um, big demand for for copper, for rare earths, for critical minerals, for um, you know new transmission lines, for uh, solar panels, for wind farms, for you know regardless of what your thoughts are on it, there is a huge world demand for. Uh, all of these resources, gas included, and and so why isn't it okay to have a reasonable road? We know that the Queensland government is six billion dollars behind on regional road spending. Um, the social housing is terrible. There's um, very limited childcare. Uh, we need doctors come coming back into the region. There, there's a whole lot of things that uh, if the state spent their money a bit more broadly, we'd get better outcomes. And, and that's one of the things, you know, yesterday we did a session on housing. Uh, today we'll do roads. Uh, that is, they are very important topics that we're talking about here, um, or the, the mayors are talking about here, Ben. We, we see it a lot um, and we talk about it. And so we, we hear a lot about just how... I suppose this re- housing crisis, this rental crisis, how we're trying to – and we can't click our fingers, Susan, overnight. So I know we're having the discussions and it's been left back to uh, the mayors to actually have to take control of this situation, but shouldn't this have been something that was initiated from the states years and years ago so this preventative actually – we're not having to have these meetings about these challenges because it, it is a disaster in that neck of the woods. We want more people to come there. We want more workers to come there. We've got more stuff, iron ore and nickel and, and stuff to come out of the ground, minerals to come out of the ground, but we haven't got the workplace. We haven't got the residential. We, we haven't got the facilities. We haven't got the health. And it's now being left to the mayors to actually try and put this and counteract this. 
Yeah, but these things, you're right, they don't come up overnight. There's no silver bullet. So, you know, I know one of the things that we worked on at a federal government level was fixing insurance, the cost of insurance in North Queensland. So the reinsurance pool, that's in place, needs to be tidied up, but tick. Then the state government introduced that ridiculous piece of uh, um, uh, policy that they would tax houses in Queensland, investment properties, based on what investments you had in other parts of the country. So I've spoken to mums and dads who have, might have had a, a, an investment in, in New South Wales and an investment property in Queensland. Well, they've gone, well, I can't afford to be taxed on, on all of it twice. So they're just selling the Queensland properties. And that's the investor market that makes housing available for people, uh, rental properties available for people. I mean, we'd all like to own our own homes as quickly as possible, but that is not always not always available, and, and so rental properties are an important part of this mix. Now, Queensland has rolled back that policy, but these are all the signals that just slow down the, the, um, uh, slow down the, the speed that investors and builders come to the market. And then, of course, the final one is all of the changes that the Queensland government's been making uh, for tenant um, uh, empowerment in rental leases. Um, now, you know, you've probably rented a fair bit. I have too over the years. Uh, it is it is not unreasonable for the person who owns the property to put some rules in place. They should be able to decide whether or not you have a pet in your rental house. They should be able to decide, you know, uh, how you keep the garden and whether or not they, they, you know, roll over the lease or not. But, you know, because the government is taking all this, a power away from the person who takes takes out the mortgage, uh, has to keep up with all the bills and the state government taxes and everything else. Uh, people are now saying, eh, perhaps I won't have a, an investment property. Maybe I'll go and invest my super or my hard-earned savings into you know shares, some other thing. So these are policy steps that keep being made that make it harder for people to want to invest. Private enterprise would have fixed this years ago. Um, if there was a bit more incentive to to um, to be investing in in rental properties and housing, yeah, and it's a massive a massive issue as well. What else is doing the rounds in your neck of the woods? This has been a pretty big week for you. Yeah, it's been a huge week, Ben. And I would just like to touch on these these tax cuts that were legislated uh, under by the coalition in the last government. Now, Labor is trying to frame this up as this is tax cuts for the wealthy. Uh, I've got to tell you that. The average wage in Australia is now $92,000, and that's before overtime and, and bonuses and everything else that's in place. Uh, lots of people in the mining industry in particular, uh, you know, you've got uh, men and women driving trucks who are on 150000 We are getting some uh, big salaries now, rightly, for the sort of work that people are doing. Now, these tax cuts are capped at $200,000. They kick in, at, they start at $45,000 a year. So at the moment, the highest tax rate, if you're on $45,000, is 32.5%. Yep. Under these tax cuts, that would drop to 30%. Uh, and that's the, what's cutting out is, is the 32 and 37% tax rate. So the highest tax rate you would pay up to $200,000 is 30%. 30 cents in every dollar you earn goes to the tax man and everything else you get to keep. Now, we started by talking about royalties and what's being spent in the regions. These tax cuts will most help regional people. They're often on big salaries. 
um, uh, and and the the increased money in your hand in your pocket, you get to decide on. You get to decide on, you know, whether you spend it on a holiday, but probably more likely whether you'll spend it on health insurance or um, or, or uh, sending your kids away to school. Uh, whatever it might be, that money goes into your pocket for you to decide. Because what, and this is this is the fork in the road, you know. Without getting political about it, this is the fork in the road between the coalition who believes that you should keep your money in your own pocket uh, and you should decide how to spend it, and then what the government does get through royalties, through the thirteen billion dollars that we'll get this year from gas royalties, um, the billions of dollars that we'll get from uh, coal royalties, that's what the Queensland government gets to spend and the federal government uh, on schools and roads and hospitals and all of that. And that's their responsibility to spend it wisely. Yeah. Now, Labor on the other side, they think, no, nah, we want to stick our hands in your pocket. We'll take it out and we're going to spend it. And this is this is the problem. They won't spend it back in the regions. They'll spend it on, on um, new stadiums in Brisbane. They'll spend it on the Cross River Rail. They're all lovely projects if you live in the southeast, but if you live in the regions, the combination of tax cuts, which they're presenting as for the wealthy, they're not. They're for hard-earned, pe- hard-working people who who earn a reasonable salary. Um, that they want to get rid of that, and at the same time, they'll go and spend the money on childcare subsidies in Brisbane, because you know there's very few childcare centres out west, so you know regional people miss out again. Yeah. So I just wanted to touch on that because no, I think it's, it's important it's that we understand. Valid. Very valid. Hey, we appreciate everything you do for Northern Australia. Thanks so much for being with us. It was obviously a huge day uh, in the Australian livestock industry with the, the vote that took place. Now is time for everybody to heal um, with Cattle Australia and we need to make sure that the board that is elected um, is the right board so we can all move forward and have one advocacy group that is talking um, on behalf of us all, uh, rather than this fractured relationship that have been going on for some time. That's exactly right, Ben, which means people have to find out how they can register to vote. Uh, they can um, make sure that their voice is heard, uh, that we get real people who are working in the industry uh, on that on that board, that we don't get professional directors. Um, I, I agree with you completely that uh, we all have a responsibility to find our voting papers, uh, to vote, and make sure that we've got good representation for this critically important industry that we all love, the beef industry. Oh, I, I can't speak highly enough of what you do for us, so thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate your time this morning, Senator, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. That'll be terrific. Look forward to it. Good See you later.